what copy blogger could have done with its Facebook page. This is the audio version for the blog post found at johnlimmer.com slash copyblogger. So you've undoubtedly heard by now that Copyblogger shut down its Facebook page. Since Copyblogger is a respected educator on blogging and content marketing, this move is a center of controversy. Now, I want to be clear, I'm a huge fan of Copyblogger. I think back to the first year of my website, and their content helped blaze a path during a time that I personally lacked vision. This post isn't meant to bash Copyblogger for their decision. It's something they put a whole lot of thought into, and I'm sure it was well calculated. In fact, it took a whole lot of guts to do something like this. But as a public decision that has received so much attention, it does deserve to be dissected. So also keep in mind that much of my disappointment is based on them not using Facebook ads. However, that's just not their style. So understand that my suggestions are unlikely to align with their core values. But I can't help but think of the missed opportunities. Most online brands would kill for their website traffic and customer list. The things you can do with that when combined with Facebook ads, pretty incredible. So why Copyblogger says they killed their page? Copyblogger had a Facebook fan base of approximately 38,000 people before they pulled the plug. This audience was built organically over the span of several years without the help of ads. So this is their explanation or part of it. And I quote, First, the page had an overwhelming number of junk fans. These are accounts with little to no personal status update activity that just go around liking Facebook pages. They're essentially accounts tied to click farms. One's paid pennies for every Facebook page they like." Unquote. So they say that their page had an overwhelming number of junk fans. There's no clarification or proof here regarding how many, but the claim is that many of their fans were bot and spam accounts from other quote-unquote countries. Copyblogger even went to lengths to remove these junk fans and prevent them from seeing future content. While every page is bound to get some undesirable fans, it just seems odd that a page that never spent a dime on advertising would have a significant problem. It's easy to end up with a few spam accounts if you aren't careful with your ad targeting, for example. It sure would be nice if we were able to take an inside look at Copyblogger's Facebook audience though, right? Well, here we go. So the page may no longer exist, but it doesn't prevent me from doing a little bit of research on the Copyblogger interest using audience insights. This may not be a perfect exercise, but I have confidence that there is value here. While not all users that come up in this case, so as an interest, will be a fan, I find that lines up almost perfectly for most brands. So as evidence, just to make sure that you get that where I'm going actually has some value, let's use my page as an example before we get started. So when I enter the John Loomer Digital Interest into Audience Insights, I find that there are between 35 and 40,000 Facebook users connected to that interest in the United States, Canada, Australia, and United Kingdom. So that would be between 50.3% and 57.5% of my total fan base. Since I manage the John Loomer Digital page, I can also get a clear picture of the number of fans of the page in those countries. So as you, as you can see, I even provide a little graph. 
that number is approximately 36,400, which is 52.3%, which lines up perfectly with the 35 to 40,000 figure reported for the John Loomer Digital Interest. So back to Copyblogger. So the breakup article complained of a high concentration of fans in undesirable countries, quote unquote again, undesirable. Using audience insights, I see the between 20 and 25,000, so between 52.6% and 65.8% of their fans come from the United States, Canada, Australia, and the United Kingdom. Note that this percentage is consistent with, if not even higher than, my audience in those countries. So those are considered the four core English-speaking countries. So on the flip side, I only found that between 2,500 and 3,000 of their fans, so between 6.6% and 7.9%, were coming from the quote-unquote undesirable countries that they labeled. So Afghanistan, Bangladesh, Egypt, India, Indonesia, and Pakistan. I was un unable to include Syria, which they also limit for whatever reason. I don't know why I couldn't uh, use it. But that would be highly unlikely to make much of a difference. Granted, they say they clean this up, but that's not an out outrageous number now. So it looks pretty clean. So first of all, um, I think this is important here. I think it's dangerous to label all fans from those countries as fakes, bots, or undesirables. Yes, studies have shown that there is a fake profile problem in some of these countries. That happens in the U.S. as well. Um, but not to mention, India is one of the fastest growing real tech audiences. I do get a measurable amount of traffic and sales from India. So, in fact, a little research shows that India is one of Copybloggers' main sources of traffic. So, according to Quamcast, India provides 6% of their traffic, third behind the United States and United Kingdom. <laughs> Alexa even says that India represents 13.7% of all copy blogger visitors, second only to the United States. So you got to wonder if all these were undesirable anyway. Regardless, let's assume that there's truth to copy bloggers' claim about those countries. No reason they'd lie but they may have misunderstood, it doesn't matter. Let's just assume there's truth. My fan base includes 5,200 of such fans coming from these other countries, or about 7.5% of my entire audience. Once again, this is consistent with, the, with what Copyblogger was seeing. Keep in mind that I do not deal with a major spam problem. Moreover, Copyblogger complained about poor reach and engagement. I reach a high percentage of my fans organically. According to Agora Pulse Barometer, I reach 41.4% of my fans on average with a given post. Granted, that includes paid and unpaid, but I also have an average organic reach of 40.5% of my total fan base. While my engagement rate is slightly below average for a page my size, so that's pages between 50 and 100,000 fans, uh, my engagement rate is 6.4%, and the average is 8.1%. But I also don't try to game this system with photos and other easy-click content. It's just lots of links, and links get less engagement. They get that quick quick click, but they don't get a bunch of clicks on the photo and as many comments and all that kind of stuff. So I share this 
because my concentration of fans by country is actually quite similar to what Copyblogger was seeing. Yet I drive a great deal of traffic and sales with my Facebook page, both organic and paid. Have a little further research of that Copyblogger audience. So let's not stop here. I want to dig a bit, a bit deeper with audience insights to see if their fan base is representative of what you consider a Copyblogger audience to be. Using Quantcast's list of countries representing the Copyblogger audience as a guide, I entered 48 different countries to get as close to that 38,000 figure as I could. So it got to 30 to 35,000. I was then able to learn the following about the Copyblogger audience on Facebook. First up, there are more women than men. So when I started only with the United States, United Kingdom, Australia, and Canada, this was even more pronounced with 60% women. When I added the other 44 countries, this evened out a bit to 51% women to 49% men. Both Alexa and Quancast report that the typical copy blogger reader is more likely to be a woman than a typical internet user. Alexa, so I have charts here from both Alexa and Quancast showing that. So that's consistent with what Facebook was reporting for the fan base for Copyblogger. Next up, what does Audience Insights tell us about Copyblogger's audience? They're highly educated. According to Audience Insights, Copyblogger fans were more likely than a typical Facebook user to have attended college and far more likely to have attended grad school. In fact, only 8% stopped their education after high school. Quantcast and Alexa agree. Um, showing an index of 51 for, for no college in one example, as opposed to 124 for college and 184 for grad school, 100 being the average. Okay, next up, what, what do we learn here from Audience Insights? They like other marketing and entrepreneur pages. So according to Audience Insights, following are the favorite pages of a typical copy blogger fan. One, Social Media Examiner. Two, Seth Godin. 3. Social Media Today, 4. Inc. Magazine, 5. HubSpot, 6. Mashable, 7. TechCrunch, 8. Entrepreneur, 9. Lifehacker, 10. TED. While the list that Quantcast gives is a bit different, SocialMediaExaminer.com shows up 2nd and SocialMediaToday.com is 10th. In fact, I somehow make it number 8. So their list is number one, Pro Blogger, number two, Social Media Examiner, number three, Social, uh, excuse me, Search Engine Journal, number four, Marketing Land, number five, Search Engine Watch, number six, Search Engine Land, number seven, WPMUDEV.org, and number eight, JohnLumer.com, number nine, ClickZ.com, and number 10, Social Media Today. So main point being, while they, they're slightly different, um, it's clearly an audience that likes marketing pages and entrepreneurial pages that like the Facebook page. Next up, about half are from the U.S. So I covered this to a point already, but let's dig deeper. According to Audience Insights, 48% of fans come from the United States uh, for Copyblogger. The rest of the top five are as follows. India, 5%. United Kingdom, 5%. Canada, 4%. Australia, 4%. All other countries represent 2% or less. Now, top five, according to Quantcast, number one, United States, 48%. That's the same as what uh, was on Facebook. Two, United Kingdom, uh, between 8 and 9%. A little bit higher, but still in that top five. Number three, India, 5.98%. Almost exact. 
Number four, Canada, 5.63%, just a percentage and a half higher than what Facebook reported. And number five, Australia, 3.95%, almost exactly to what we saw in the Facebook audience. So once again, no other countries over 2%. The results are eerily similar. Next up, what did we learn? They're above average earners. So according to the audience insights, copy blogger fans in the US, the only country this data is available, made more money than a typical Facebook user. The $75 to $100,000 bracket skewed highest compared to general Facebook audience. The under 50,000 crowd was practically non-existent. This is consistent with Comcast, once again, which reports that copy blogger readers are far less likely than the typical internet user to make, more, make under $50,000 per year and far more likely to make more. Okay, so next up, what I found interesting. Facebook drove traffic to copy blogger. All right, I found it really crazy that Alexa reports Facebook as the second highest referred to copy blogger at 3.1% behind Google, which is at 24.1%. Granted, 3.1% isn't a huge number, but considering CopyBlogger gets around 450,000 monthly uniques, according to Quantcast, it's about 14,000 of their monthly visitors and potentially 25,000 of their total page views during a month. Now, check this out. Check out a couple of these quotes regarding CopyBlogger's view of Twitter that came from that breakup letter with Facebook. First one. CopyBlogger has found value actively engaging with its community through Twitter and Google+. Second quote, Twitter is an amazing platform at both the brand level and for many of the individuals in the company. Plus, you retweet posts like nobody's business. Guess what? Of the referrals, again, Facebook was second with 3.1%. Twitter was fourth at 1.2%. So how value are all those retweets from Twitter? Facebook nearly triples Twitter's referrals to CopyBlogger, and they're putting more effort into Twitter. So why CopyBlogger may have struggled? It's important. Let's, let's talk about this. So CopyBlogger was able to build an audience of 38,000 people without spending a dime on Facebook ads. That's a testament to the strength of their brand. They made an assumption that the reason for this was fake accounts. So they struggle because of the fake accounts. Like many other brands that struggle with Facebook, CopyBlogger used the Veritasium Facebook fraud video as a smoking gun. If you want to read more about that, go to johnlimmer.com fraud. It provided all the validation they needed that their failures were due to spam profiles. Make sure to read my response to that video. But based on my research of their page, I find it highly unlikely that this was a major contributor to their issues. Instead, it looks like their Facebook fans line up quite nicely with their website visitors in nearly every way. In fact, the country they label as spam-ridden, India, represents no more of their Facebook audience than their website audience. First, I'm going to take their word for it that their efforts weren't working. It's difficult, though, since there was no mention of how many website refer referrals and sales came from their Facebook posts. But I'll take their word for that that they struggled to get any meaningful engagement with their Facebook posts. There could be an easy explanation for this. Stale fans. I don't know how long the CopyBlogger Facebook page has been in existence, but since they are smart marketers, I'll assume that it's been up for several years. Since brand pages have been around since November of 2007, I'll bet the CopyBlogger was early to the party and had their page for more than six years. While 38,000 fans is a lot, 
that's not much growth over a period of six or seven years, particularly for a website that gets 800,000 page views per month, according to Quantcast. Think for a moment about the pages you have liked over the years. How many of those pages do you still care about? How many do you still interact with? The truth is that people get bored. And when they stop interacting with content from a certain friend or brand, you're going to stop seeing content from that source. A typical Facebook fan is highly engaged for the first 30 days or so, but they get bored. They pay less attention over time, and eventually your content may completely disappear for them, and they're okay with that. Considering their page was likely around for at least six years, think about how many stale fans that includes. Fans that liked the page years ago, but may no longer care. While the audience itself may have been plenty relevant, Copyblogger did little to keep a fresh group of fans coming through. How would they view an email list, for example, of 38,000 subscribers built over six or seven years? Would the old subscribers be as active as the new ones? Well, I recommend ads to build a fresh audience, traffic, and their email list may have been all that was needed to keep a new set of fans coming through. All right, so what could Copyblogger have done? First of all, keep the page alive. I understand the Copyblogger was frustrated with the impact they were making on Facebook, but why delete the page entirely? While I trust the Copyblogger's intentions were good and pure, I've seen so many brands make similar public moves with their Facebook pages that it often makes me skeptical. Other brands get a ton of traffic and attention for announcing they'll shut down their Facebook page. And according to Quantcast, Copyblogger had a pretty big traffic spike on October 17th, the day they announced their split with Facebook. So how often do you see this with a Twitter or Google Plus account? I get far more from my Facebook efforts, but I never consider the option of shutting down my other accounts. What's the point? I get dedicating fewer resources to the page. I get investing less time and money to keep it going. But deleting it forever? All 38,000 fans gone? Why? What if something changes that would be a huge benefit to them? What if someone convinces them that they do indeed need to use Facebook? Well, now they need to start over. And to be honest, it could be pretty easy to start over with a brand like that. But still, and I assume they previously used the facebook.com slash copyblogger username. They'll need a new one now, and they'll need to start from scratch. Sure, those fans may be stale, but I just don't understand the need for such dramatic action. All right, so what else could Copyblogger have done? They could have built an engaged audience. As mentioned earlier, public info found on Quantcast tells us the Copyblogger is getting around 450,000 unique visitors and 800,000 page views per month. Oh, man, that's a ton of traffic to work with. They could have built their audience very easily and inexpensively with Facebook ads. With that many monthly visitors, they could have run ads targeting only those who visited their web- website recently, even within the past 24 hours asking them to like the page, using, of course, website custom audiences. I also assume they have well over 100,000 email subscribers. I can only guess how large that list is, but Social Media Examiner, as a point of reference, boasts a list of nearly 300,000 people. That's a nice, large group of people who could be very likely to want to engage on Facebook. Creating an email custom audience and running ads to those people would have done the trick. So what else could Copy or Blogger have done? They could have increased their website traffic with Facebook. 
I personally have a routine for driving website traffic with Facebook ads. Copyblogger surely could have benefited as well. They publish a new blog post five days per week. They could have promoted each new blog post to fans, email subscribers, and recent website visitors. In fact, they undoubtedly have blog posts broken down by category. They could have promoted new blog posts to users who have read similar blog posts in the past to reach a highly relevant group. What else could Copyblogger have done? They could have built their email list. Probably don't need much help. Lots of traffic, easy to build an email list. But let's look. Copyblogger has 16 free ebooks that they could have promoted with Facebook ads. They could have promoted them to fans or general website visitors. But even better, using website custom audiences, they could have promoted the relevant ebook based on the page a user visited. Maybe they visit a landing page for that ebook, or they visit a blog post that was closely related to the same topic. And of course, they could have excluded those who already opted in to prevent waste and keep the ads as relevant as possible. What Copyblogger could have done? Finally, they could have sold their products. Copyblogger also has a $399 annual membership called Authority. I'm sure they've developed a great email funnel that they use to drive purchases for that membership. Why not do the same thing with Facebook ads? They could have targeted those who visit their website generally, or they could have targeted those who opted into their email list but haven't yet become a member. Whatever email messaging approach they use to push the upsell, so within their emails and that email funnel, could have been used to target the same audience with Facebook ads. All right, now your turn. Again, I have an enormous amount of respect for Copyblogger. They're often ahead of the trends. And in fact, this follows their controversial move to turn off blog comments in March. But what do you think? Let me know in the comments. Go to johnlimmer.com slash copyblogger.